today on the news and why it matters. The IG report has finally dropped. We have our I don't mean to brag, but we have our expert here to uh, explain Thank to you, you what you need Thank to you. know. Thank you. Also, oh, oh not was, me. No, I was talking about was him. Jason. <laughs> also, the uh, the impeachment hearings, what you missed. Uh, spoiler alert. Not much. Got a lot coming up and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Happy Monday. I am Sarah Gonzalez today joined by Mr. Glenn Beck himself, <laughs> Stu Bergier, and chief researcher of the Glenn Beck program, Jason Buttrell, which comes in really handy today for us because we're basically, Stu and I are just going to sit here and let these two guys geek out over the <laughs> IG report and uh, what it all means. Why do these things have to be so long? 500 word, or 500 pages. That's yeah. insane. Uh, come on, just, you just got to speed read. And they just then, don't like me. Because yeah, I know yeah, that just, this guy oh, makes this, me read all of it. He reads all of it. <laughs> he came in this morning and I said, you know what today is? And he went, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously we've got a lot to get into. 500 pages to be exact. But first we want to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro. Uh, we had our iTarget Pro out over the weekend. Mm. And we were just sitting, I think it was like 11 o'clock at night. We were sitting there watching TV and also practicing with our firearms. Firing it's, off laser bullets? Yes. Firing off laser bullets. <laughs> and, I mean, it conveniently, it, there were no holes in the wall. No one was injured or killed. Yeah. The couch is intact. Didn't have to pay for all that ammo. Yeah, because of iTarget Pro. Glenn, I know you know how important dry firing is. Yeah, I mean, well, Jason's one of the guys who first started teaching me. I mean, one of the great things is Jason was actually, you were ahead of my detail at one point. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I've spent whew, 15 years being surrounded by really good military men. And so I'm pretty good. I'm a pretty good shot now. And and Jason was one of the first said trigger control, brother. When you pull it, you got to pull it slow. You should be surprised every time it goes off. Um, and when you pull that trigger, do you do this? Do you do this? That's that's what makes a good shooter a good shooter. Mm -hmm. You got to go to uh, itargetpro.com right now. Uh, I don't know if you can get it before Christmas. You got to go check because it's a great Christmas present for you know your dad, for your brother, for your husband, for I, your daughter. I'm being very who sexist. I know doesn't want to go to a gun range necessarily. Yes, yes. It's perfect. It can be very very intimidating to go to the gun range. Okay. Uh, use promo code news. You will get 10% off uh, plus free shipping. Promo code news at itarget pro.com so the ig report uh it it quote F the fbi fell far short and made quote serious errors in fisa application to surveil trump campaign but they did not find any uh political bias or any bias at the end of the day you know it's funny off air we were kind of talking about okay this headline says this but when you actually look at the report and what it says, it says DOJ Inspector General finds that the FBI made 17 significant inaccuracies and omissions 17. in the FISA application to spy on Trump campaign member Carter Page. Uh, and it says that these inaccuracies made the evidence appear, quote, stronger than was actually the case. How is that not a problem? Jason. Oh, well, it goes way beyond <laughs> that. And I like that terminology because that's what I saw when this first dropped. Mm -hmm. I guess the, uh, copies of this got leaked to like, yeah. the Post and a few other outlets. So they already had their analysis ready to go. 
And they use words like discrepancies, errors. Mm -hmm. um, but they claim that, but the predication, you'll see that a lot, for the opening of the Russian investigation, they said the predication was there. It was justifiable. Uh, they were not politically biased. And I, I think you can argue that. Because when you remember how this entire thing began, it was because someone told, uh, someone that had Russia connections told Papadopoulos that they had, that Russia had damaging information, emails on Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. Okay, that right there, after the DNC hack already came out, all of these things happened. There's predication there to launch an investigation. Right. And there should the the if Trump would have been advised by the right people, they should have told him immediately, call the FBI. Mm. Right. Because then all of this would have been done. Yeah. He didn't follow up on it. Didn't you know, they did. They weren't coordinating and everything else. But if he would have just said, hey, one of my guys heard this, uh, just want to let you know, then you're in the clear. So the investigation started, but I, when I got through 100 pages of this, I was like, I cannot believe how the media is framing this mm -hmm. right now. Omissions and errors. Now, there's one thing, we were joking about this before. This is be kind of like my wife saying, you did not come home last night. And I'd be like, yeah, you know, because, you know, I went and had a late dinner and I spent the night with my ex. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that is not an omission. That's a lie. Mm -hmm. You're trying to cover something up. This is full. I got a ton of notes here. The entire thing is full of not omissions, which how they're being characterized, or errors, but straight up lies. Um, some, Give me an example. So... Uh, Several times they, they claimed that Christopher Steele was a credible uh, witness and that he had given information before that had been used in criminal proceedings. So he was very, all of his information so was corroborated. True, except for the currently credible. Actually, not true. Mm. His, his information was not used in a criminal proceeding. Ever. Ever. And the, oh. the FBI knew this, but they said that anyway to give the appearance that this information we're showing you right now is credible. Now, we've also heard that, hey, uh, you know, this information, you know, is corroborated. Again, the inspector general said that we look through and after looking through all the FBI's uh, follow up investigations, when they went and talked to Chris Steele's, you know, uh, mm -hmm. sources across overseas, they did not corroborate one single thing that wasn't open source information. Not, not one. one. None of it. So how is that an admission or uh, what do they call it? A mission or an error? Or an, error. Or an error. How is that an error? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> and they knew. So and how do they say in here, excuse me, because I'm going to do my reading of this tonight, and I'll have full, you know, uh, examination of this on radio tomorrow. But let me ask you this. How, what do they claim was the motivation from the FBI for doing this. Now, this is what they don't. And this is where, this reminded me of, remember the Inspector General report based off of Strzok and Page's text messages? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Where, I think we were all pretty, it was kind of a ridiculous thing because they said, yeah, all these crazy things happened. They said these insane things. But we can't really prove political bias because it's kind of hard to do. So they just kind of laid all this out and said, hey, you know, this is on you to make that judgment. I think this is what they're doing here. Because they don't actually have any kind of, interview or anything with them saying, yeah, we did this because we wanted Trump to lose and Hillary to win. They're not going to get that. And, and Horowitz knows that they're not going to get that. But after you read this, something crazy happened after they started the investigation. Then they started getting information that actually um, went against Steele's. Uh, they said not only did it not corroborate it, but it actually went against what he said. Mm -hmm. Completely contradicted what they said. They had this information. The FBI had it. But they still used it to further re-up the FISA uh, investigations wow. or warrants. So something happened between when it started 
and then when they can start continuing these FISA, something at the highest level. And meaning what? I know this is just speculation, but meaning like what? Well, so check this out. Again, a lot of this has to do with the Steele investigation, but I'm going to quote from it here in a second. This is how every, everyone in the intelligence community did not believe in this, uh, didn't, was very, very leery on the Steele dossier. And uh, so this is according to FBA staff, as the interagency editing process for the ICA progressed, the Central Intelligence Agency expressed concern about the lack of vetting for the Steele election reporting. An FBI intel section chief told the CIA it viewed it as an Internet rumor. And that they put that in quotes. Wow. The FBI, including Comey and McCabe, sought to include it in the reporting anyway. So at the highest levels of the FBI, they said, no, 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 we're still doing this. Mm-hmm. We know no one believes in it, but we're still including it anyway. Okay, so this Why? is what, this is amazing, because I just finished the judiciary report uh, on the show, and it states at the very beginning, we do not assume the president was doing things for the national interest. But they, so they don't give him the benefit, they state it. We will not give him the benefit of the doubt in any of this. Well, this is the same thing. And I don't want to convict the FBI, but I also think we need to answer that. And my thing on, do you send this now for a jury trial, if you're, a, if you're in a grand jury, based on what they wrote, yeah, I have I have to know the motivation and I have to talk to the principals to know the investigate to, to know their motivation. Did they even attempt did the the inspector general even attempt to talk to them about motivation? Is there answers in there at all on why they said not that I could find no. that it said they could not. They, 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 they didn't find evidence to say that supported that it was politically motivated and but, they didn't even go into it. They actually they, we don't want to speculate is what well, don't speculate. Ask them. Well, I think that that's what that's what Durham is there for, right? Because he has the ability to interrogate certain people who are involved in where the uh, Russia investigation began, and he's actually come out and objected to uh, to the IG report. He's already he said that he let now, them know last month. Burr's bar, Burr's. Uh, Burr's testimony. Yes, I keep thinking about Raymond Burr because I want <laughs> Perry Mason to stand up at the end and go, and this person's been in the courtroom the whole time. The, the- so, well, let me read. Let me read Durham's quote really quickly, just because you know it kind of it. it Cast a shadow on what the IG report, uh, the conclusion says. He said, based on the evidence collected to date and while our investigation is ongoing, last month we advised the inspector general that we do not agree with some of the report's conclusions as to predication and how the FBI case was opened. See, now that's weird to me because I I read their explanation for the predication of this. Predication, define it. The, so the, that's the what it says. Original. This is why, why we need to investigate. The why. This is the why. And that was because of the Papadopoulos thing and DNC. Ha- I, I, I'm on board with them looking into that. I, 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 yeah. In any case, I don't care who's in the office. I think mm-hmm. that they should start it. I don't. So the predication isn't an issue for me. It's what happened after the fact. So, but the predication, however, does kind of tie into our chalkboard. We know that Obama, Clinton, they were using uh, the Ukraine to feed the Steele dossier and to come up with the other. So. He may say, well, you're not tying in this information. And I know this information that the White House was doing this under Obama and they were they were prompting this Steele investigation. They were trying to get things into that Steele dossier. Uh, And so maybe that's why he's saying it. And 
That's possible. I, I, I think it all kind of hinges on the Papadopoulos meeting where he was told uh, over in Europe. I think it was in the UK or whatever. By that, was it? A, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, I think it, it revolves around that. So that's. I have no. I don't have a lot of information on that. So I, I could end up being surprised. But I, I was going to say earlier is some some of these omissions are just absolutely ridiculous. All the exculpatory information. So you read through some of these things, and they'd be like, "Yeah, we know Carter Page. He said this, or he went here." What they admitted was another paragraph underneath that said, oh, but Carter Page later was heard by our confidential source that, hey, none of this is going on. Uh, we, we didn't do these things. I went and spoke to, you know, the DOJ and it was completely cleared. Like, I'm serious. It's almost that bad. They, they just did not include the exco- any, any of the exculpatory information. They completely omitted. Well, it's just an this, oops. This is it's why the, the FISA process is so dangerous. Look how corrupt it is on a presidential candidate. That's where you should be so super. In the old movies, they would have said, oh, they're going to they're gonna hang me from the highest flagpole if there's one error in this thing. Make sure it's right. They're not doing that. And even when they do find out it's not right, they don't seem that all, all that pissed about it. Do you want time for one more point? Yeah. So if you want to know if the FBI knew what they were doing, I think this says volumes about it. So we've, we've heard about, we've spoken about, you have a lot, about the relationship with Orr, Fusion GPS, Steele, yes. uh, Bruce Orr, yes. the DOJ. Mm-hmm. So they mentioned that Chris Steele was released for cause. That was a direct quote from being a confidential human source. And that was basically after they lost control of him. He was on their payroll, but he was also leaking information to Yahoo News with Mike Isikoff. And is like that, that anywhere in the evidence they presented to the FISA court? So, so they do mention that. Oh, no, that's not in the mm-hmm. evidence of the FISA court. Mm-hmm. Because. So Inspector General points that out and says, okay, so they released him for cause, but their relationship never continued. In fact, they had 13 additional meetings. You mean never ended? Yeah. Never ended. I'm sorry, never ended. And under the rules for the FBI is once you release someone for cause, that means hands off. They're untouchable. We can't go to them. They can't come to us. It's just dead. So why did that change? So because I'm the only thing I can think of, and I just tweeted at Comey, which he probably Oh, I'm sure he'll respond. I'm sure he'll respond. He'll totally respond. <laughs> but I think the reason why they continued this relationship, which included going to Bruce Orr. So Chris Steele would go to Bruce Orr, did this 13 times, and then Bruce Orr would then take that information directly to the heads of the FBI. So wait a minute. I thought Nellie was, I thought it was coming from his wife. So, no, it was coming directly from Bruce Orr, as per this uh, Inspector no, 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 General but report. That Steele was going right directly to Bruce. Wow, directly that's... Directly to Bruce. And then, so then, then, okay, so he's just doing this as a private citizen, not on direction of the FBI. Au contraire. So Bruce Orr testified to Horowitz that the FBI specifically told him, whenever Chris Steele has information, bring it directly to us. So they never cease that relationship, only officially. Now, that's what I tweeted to, to Comey. I was like, why'd you do this? Was it to get rid of oversight? You wanted this coup to be a secret. That's the only thing I can think of. See, this is, th- this is just enough information to make things worse. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's doesn't seem to be anybody who's willing to say, here's what it is, and here's what we're going to do to correct it so it never happens again. I don't want necessarily somebody to pay. I just want to know what happened and how are you changing things so it never happens again. No one's even willing to tell the full truth. You can't tell me. After three years, three years, you still can't give me more than this? Yeah. Oh, some people will pay. 
some people are going to prison for this. One of the other things that came out, another, it was just reported about a month ago or a couple weeks ago, but one of the lawyers, FBI lawyers, that was, his role was to, I guess, get some of these documents together so they could get these FISA applications. He purposely doctored an email so that it would look damning. So it would look like, oh, an actual bad thing happened to justify actually doctored it. They have him caught. He did this. He's now subject to a criminal investigation. He, for one, is going to court. He's, he shouldn't might be go going to, to jail. court. He should go to jail. It's FISA. But there's no difference between all this. I know. All of this. You, is know, the- you know what's going to happen is exactly what happened with Epstein. Crime happens. Nobody, if he didn't kill himself, which I'm not saying he did, but <laughs> um, if, he, if he didn't kill himself, any of the players that could have made that happen will not pay the price. It'll be the two guys who were asleep who doctored it. Mm -hmm. It'll all be pinned on them. Mm -hmm. So the average person, again, gets it in the end. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, impeachment circus when we come back. This is Banana Republic stuff. It really is. Hi, Sue. Before we get back into the conversation, we want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. I want to talk to you about it because you told me afterwards that you and Stephen used it. Yes. Well, so we haven't found our house yet, but we did. We went to the website and it was exactly as you advertised. We went. It's super easy. You type in your zip code and your information. And we had our real estate agent call us at 8 o'clock at night, which I was not expecting. How long did it take him to call you back? Less than 10 minutes. Good. Yeah, I mean, it really was. We want to do it within an hour. We try to do it within 15 minutes because we want you to know we're there and we're going to well, and even, I mean, it was late, so I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, they'll get back to us tomorrow morning. It'll be fine. And he got back to that. us that night. It was amazing. And he came and met with us, and we kind of came up with our game plan. Um, very knowledgeable. Absolutely very knowledgeable. Very um, available whenever we have questions. It's been good, amazing. Good, good. It's I'm been so amazing. glad to hear it. I'm yeah. really proud of the real estate. They don't work for me or the company. All we do is refer. But we really spend our time to find the right people. <laughs> And so they're all from different companies and different agencies, but they're all the right people. And so I'm just really happy to hear that. Yeah, it's been amazing. So you can go to realestateagentsitrust.com if you were looking to buy or sell your house, especially those of you who are moving cross-country. You don't know where the right places are for you and your family. you got to go to Real Estate Agents so I Trust. Yeah. So important. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, so the impeachment hearing. <laughs> oh, man. Aren't you guys so pumped? It's been such Yay, a fun time really. listening to it so every great. day. Yeah. Uh, so Democratic Yay. counsel, Barry Burke, who also was a witness which was odd, uh, which the Republicans had sort of an issue with. But he started... You mean one of the attorneys is also a witness? Mm -hmm. Witness? I object. (laughs) Staying. So he had... Quite an interesting opening statement, just to give you an idea of, you know, how he set the stage for this to be an entire circus the rest of the day. Watch. Collins and all the members. Before I had the great honor of being a counsel for this committee, my young son asked me a question. Oh, shut up. (laughs) He said, Dad, does the president have to be a good person? Like many questions by young children. It had a certain clarity, but it was hard to answer. Right, like Nixon. I said, son, it is not a requirement that the president be a good person, but that is the hope. 
Right. <laughs> I mean, think of the presidents that we could say were good people mm -hmm. and good presidents. Mm. Less than half. Yeah. Less than half. That's a great point. Stu, did you even, were you even tuned into the impeachment hearings today? Uh, do, the, so the question really is, do you love self-torture? Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> okay. Just, um, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it seems like they're just getting desperate now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, this is like, they're just extending this thing, uh, you know, uh, longer than it really needs to be extended. Uh, though, again, I don't understand the approach. I mean, well, if you're going to go to, to today, the approach is clear why they're doing this. Just well, you've got to fill today's news because of the IG report. Yes. Uh, and so so Collins, there was a, an interesting moment between Collins and uh, Majority Counsel Daniel Goldman. You know, uh, Devin Nunes's number was included in, you know, he had text between himself and Rudy Giuliani, as well as several reporters. And Collins was asking Goldman about, you know, how they got this information, why they decided to include it. Uh, kind of a tense exchange between Collins and Goldman. Watch. You're not answering the question. And every member of the media, everybody here, when you start going into the decorum of this house, when you start looking at members' telephone numbers, you start looking at reporters' telephone numbers, which they ought to be scared about, you took a subpoena for four. And then you decided to play match game. You found numbers that you thought were like, some of them actually didn't exist because you, they claimed that they were for the White House budget office, and they were not. So we're throwing stories out there because nobody was, nobody was out there acting. So I go back to my question. Are you going to go on record in front of everybody here today and say that you will not tell who ordered this? You or Mr. Goldman? Mr. Goldman, you or Mr. Schiff? I am going to go on record and tell you that I'm not going to reveal how we conducted this investigation. And that's the problem we have with this entire thing Mr. Schiff said behind closed doors. I can tell you what the importance is. I'm done with you for right now. We're done. <laughs> You're not answering the question. You're not being honest about this answer because you know who it is. You're just not answering. Mm. And you know what? It doesn't notice they said notice what he said. This is so progressive. Yeah, but I can tell you why. Well, no, 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 no. Right. That's ends justify the means. Yeah. It's really, mm. really important. We were trying to save lives. That's why we did vivisections on all of these children. Wait. <laughs> what what? I missed something. Did you do vivisections? Well, I'm not going to say. Well, who ordered those? I'm not going to say. But I can tell you we were trying to, to cure hypothermia. We were trying to cure cancer. I don't care what you're... Can we go back to this, please? Yeah. We're, we're covering a little bit of this, I think, on TV tomorrow. Um, but I've been trying to, like, piece together from everything that random people have, on the committees have been saying about that specifically. And this is insane. About the me. phone calls? About the phone calls. <clears throat> so, excuse me. Devin Nunes says they made it up. So, well, I've, I, no, I've seen something from him real recently where they talked about a, I think a sep it was late September. Uh, Adam Schiff called everybody into the skiff. And he said, so this is, so they automatically, when it's discussed in the skiff, they're not, they're barred from speaking about mm -hmm. it. So it's, it's, there's a real reason why he said it there. But he said, we kind of, we subpoenaed some numbers. Here's five numbers. We subpoenaed these numbers for phone records. A couple weeks later, they got back from AT&T over 3,000 pages of call logs from numbers all over the place. They didn't even know who some of the numbers were. They just kind of picked and chose the ones that would make it look the most damning. So they said, oh, there's Nunez. All the, all the times Nunez made calls. Mm -hmm. Boom, they put that, those on there. Um, private citizens, completely unmasked everything. They didn't put, like, U.S. Person 1 with this person here. Oh, my gosh, you know, that's two. against the law. I, I don't see. It's, yeah, it's, it's mass me metadata is what they took, and they took whatever looked the most embarrassing or damaging, and that's what they chose to report, including a journalist. 
And what's most insane is every single journalist out there you would think would be screaming about this. No. They're not they saying a word. Cared. They only cared. This makes me so angry. Remind <clears throat> me of this so I can rant on this tomorrow. Do you remember the journalists that were that were so uh, wanting to make sure that I was a part of this freedom of speech thing because... You know, we will. You got to wake up all the Trump people because he's going to come after us and he's going to start spying on us. And I said, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you all the time. Where were you during Barack Obama? Because I was there. So you don't have to ask me. I've already been here. But where are they now? Mm. Where are they now? Crickets. All right. Back in a minute. Doing everything that they said Trump would do. The the the. up in overtime. Uh, you want to talk about fake news. You've got MSNBC Chuck Todd over on Meet the Press. Don't who is, get me started. Oh, I don't want to make Gunn's head explode. Oh, I'm for overtime. Okay. He's here to tell you that uh, there was no meddling in with from Ukraine in the 2016 election. Please, what a conspiracy, Alex Jones. Don't miss overtime. <laughs> don't miss it. Lots to say. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. So um, we're going to do this really fun thing in overtime where we make Glenn's head explode. Hopefully his eyes don't bleed like Joe Biden's did on the debate stage. (laughs) But but, uh, Ted Cruz was on with Chuck Todd on Meet the Press yesterday. They were discussing all this impeachment shenanigans and all of that. And uh, Ted Cruz started talking about Ukraine. Chuck Todd had a really interesting, interesting pushback. An honest question. Yes, a very honest, honest question on uh, Ukraine watch. Do you believe Ukraine meddled in the American election in 2016? I I do, and I think there's considerable evidence. You do? You do? Yes, and and Chuck, let me say. Senator, this sort of strikes me as as odd. Because... You went through a primary campaign with this president. Look at, look, he he's launched a murderism he's campaign against you. He went after your faith. He threatened to, quote, spill the beans about your wife about something. He pushed a National Enquirer story, which we now know he had a real relationship Chuck, with the editor. You're drag, the National dragging Enquirer. up all that no, garbage. Senator, That's very kind. Is it not, is it, let me ask you this. Is it not possible that this president is capable of creating a false narrative about somebody in question. order to help him politically? <laughs> <laughs> Except that's not what happened. The president released the transcript of the phone call. You can read what was said on the phone call. Yeah, and the Biden. Let me point out again. And you, the, you, you yourself Chuck, thought the Biden Chuck, part Chuck. was troubling. Chuck, let me point out a Look game that the media is playing. You know, a question that that you've asked a number of people it, it, is you've you've said to senators, sort of aghast, "Do you believe that Ukraine and not Russia interfered in the election?" Now that. Uh, that in, in, in a court of law would be struck as a misleading question. Uh, he goes on to say, uh, as, as Jason was saying off air, both. yeah, you can, you can have both. These are not mutually you exclusive ideas. To. What? What? There's only one country on the earth that wants to screw with the United States of America and and through our elections. There's only one country. That's absurd. Mm-hmm. We know that, you know, it's only the Saudis that are sending terrorists. It's only Iran that are sending terrorists. 
No, there are lots of countries, lots of people, lots of motivation. It is insane. But everything to the media right now is black or white, Mm -hmm. black or white. Yes or no. Democrats and the media and the media I'm just pretty much works for Pelosi and Adam Schiff. <laughs> they, they just work for them. It's they, disgusting. They've got two points that they're trying to drive home to make all of us go away and for this impeachment thing to go forward to make Trump look guilty. And the first one is that there's this cabal of GOP operatives and congressmen like Nunes, people like that, that are trying to push this, fa- this false story. And the second is that anything, any mention at all that there is any kind of interference or anything nefarious in Ukraine going on, that that's just complete conspiracy theory. No. And the diversion tactic they're using for that is they're trying to make it seem like on that July 25th call that the DNC server, CrowdStrike, all that stuff, that that is the meddling in our campaign. That is a hoax. That's a false story. I wish the president would have never mentioned that because it diverts away from what actually happens. It is a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. That CrowdStrike, CrowdStrike, that one piece is a conspiracy theory. But that's not what Ted Cruz is talking about. That's not really what the rest of the phone call was talking about. That's not what we're talking about. That's CrowdStrike. And it's interesting because we reached out because, oh, we're going to be talking about this one tomorrow. And so we reached out to meet the press and said, who's laughing? Mm -hmm. Who's laughing? Who's laughing? Well, we we reached out and literally within three minutes, we got a response. We didn't think we were going to get a response at all. Three minutes. Uh, Meet the Press told us that it was not any, definitely, for sure, absolutely not any employee of NBC. It was their studio audience. Okay. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you. Could you really go into the nuts and bolts about CrowdStrike? Me? Yeah. No. Could you? No. You could. (laughs) I don't think I could. Okay? They immediately laughed. Mm -hmm. They immediately laughed. I know audiences. I know audiences. Unless you're biased yeah. against the president, you would laugh at uh, you. You you wouldn't laugh yeah, at that. You, you wouldn't get that. it. You wouldn't understand it. But if you're biased against the president and you're in a circle where you've been talking about crowd strike, most people don't have any idea what actually happened on the phone call. So you're only laughing because you think it's ridiculous because. It's so obvious to you and your circle of friends. What slice of America is that audience well, from? I mean, a studio audience of Meet the Press is not exactly going to be a bunch of MAGA heads. I mean, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's going to be. Have you ever seen them say "right for tickets"? I don't know. Maybe they do. I, 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 but I mean, if they're saying they have a, a studio audience, what did they say about twenty-five, something like yeah. that? Um, I think it's so, friends and family. Very well, maybe. I mean, I, you know, yeah, would uh, not be surprising. Yeah, and so friends and family, no employees, but friends and family. So you're all talking. It's why the media is so biased right now. They're only talking to themselves. Mm-hmm. And they said no, none of their employees were laughing, except for the host of the show, Chuck <laughs> yeah. Todd, who was laughing. Yeah. I mean, he, he was the guy right there on camera that was cracking up when he said that. Oh, really? And he you laughed. do? You do? And if you're a serious news watcher, you're a serious news watcher, you're not coming because you have a POV. You're coming because... Meet the Press is a revered institution, used to be, Mm. all right? You don't laugh at something that. You might go, holy cow. If you really knew the news and you knew that he was talking about crowd strike alone, and that's the only context in which Chuck Todd meant, you would be like, oh my gosh. You would be abhorred. Mm. You wouldn't be laughing. You would not be laughing. There's a, I mean, there's a poll that came out that was tweeted actually by 
MSNBC News, which uh, showed that the people who watch MSNBC believe the president should be impeached and removed at 72 percent, and the people at Fox News is 30 percent believe the same thing. Exact opposite. I mean, like the people who are going to NBC, the place that we're talking about, uh, are you know, we're the place where Chuck Todd is on the air all the time, MSNBC. Um, you know, like they they don't even see it. Like, I mean, that is a of course, of course the people that are going to go to the audience are just going to laugh at that. They're they're like it's like they're um, what's his face? Uh, the guy from The Daily Show, late night guy uh, Colbert. It's like they're like they're his audience now. Yeah. The news has become that show. A bunch of insults against the guy who's the president and see if we can how how, a, how harsh can we be against him? I did a sh- I did a uh, show this Saturday. It was about Christmas, but I I put one political line in it and the the punchline which had nothing to do with the, the other part of the story was about elves. Okay. All elves, no politics, but the punchline completely non sequitur was, I mean, Donald Trump, <laughs> that audience laughed because they, I knew they would know that seems to be the excuse for everything. And anything goes wrong. You don't actually have to ever explain it to people in the media. They'll just say, Donald Trump. The interesting thing about the real collusion uh, or meddling with uh, between Democrats and Ukrainians during the 2016 election, that is going to come out. And people will not be laughing once this does come out. People People like the people that were cracking up during that thing, they're finally, I hope, are going to hear this information. I just saw, I think it was Friday, there were three U.S. senators who are already teeing up one of the witnesses that they're going to call. Ooh. It was it was Grassley, Graham, and I want to say Who are they Johnson. Call? Alexander Chalupa, number oh, one. Oh, oh, I'm telling you, our audience, they know everything that was going on because they've been watching Glenn over the past month and a half. So if that's, if that's true, if that actually happens and they have their crap together, the country changes. Yeah. The country changes. And I, I, I said, you know, again, I was with this audience, and so in a pre-show... I said, you know, there's like 50 people there. You didn't ask anything you want. And it was all about impeachment and what is going to happen and what's going to happen to Chalupa and all this stuff. Uh, and th- the people who know, know what will happen if those guys start to testify and they, and they begin, that story begins to unravel. And I said to them at the time, I don't understand why this isn't the Republicans' number one thing. Because this doesn't hurt the Democratic Party. If you prove this to the American people, I think the Democratic Party is seriously wounded. Wounded enough as the Whigs were in 1853. By seven years after that wounding, they were done. They were just done. Nobody talks about the Whigs anymore. That was the second party. There were only two. New upstart, a third party, was the Republicans. By the time Lincoln was killed, there were no Whigs. It's over. Oh, you know what? They also mentioned a second witness they were going to call. The, uh, remember the uh, Ukrainian embassy official that you did a podcast with, Andrei oh, Teloshenko? Wow. He's wow. number two on the list. So, wow. it, so it proves to me that, A, they're finally going to get to the bottom of this, yeah. and B, they obviously watch our show, which they should. Well, or hello. we just found the truth, and there are some honest people seeking the truth in power that have... They don't have to go through all the hoops we have to go through to get those documents. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
Yes, but I would also like to believe that they're watching right now. <laughs> Hello. All three. Tuning in. <laughs> uh, all right, before we go, Twitter suspended Fox News host Pete Hegseth on Saturday for showing a tweet from the alleged Saudi military official who went on a shooting spree in Pensacola at the Naval Air Station. Uh, Pete said on his Instagram yesterday, I was banned from Twitter because I posted a screenshot of the terrorist from Florida tweeting his Islamist motivations. That's it, a screenshot of a terrorist in his own words. If they can ban me, they will ban anyone. We need to fight back. Heck, I posted the terrorist screenshot on this post too, so so stay tuned for Instagram banning me too. Big tech does the bidding of the left, especially to include anyone who speaks the truth about the threat of radical Islam. But he didn't speak the truth. The, the terrorist spoke the truth. Right, he just let the terrorist speak for himself and got banned. Now I will say, I seem to recall some journalist sharing the El Paso shooters manifesto and I don't recall them being banned because you know conveniently it they were blaming Donald Trump and no, no they used the media used that yeah to blame Donald Trump but didn't he specifically say in that manifesto that it's not Donald Trump Oh, it's I'm not this. saying he actually... Yeah, they, he was specifically very conservative. He, yeah. he disagreed with things like, you know, he, he wanted a, you know, universal basic income. Right, you know, right. Climate change was destroying the world. Very conservative. Very conservative right. views. Yes. Right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he <laughs> talked about environmentalism. He obviously was very radical there. But, and there are journalists doing this all the time. Interesting, I don't see very many suspensions. Now, what about the guy who was the whistleblower on the other side that... Um, they what was it when they then they actually went and found the person who had released that information that made sure he was fired and and like facebook gave them the information of who that person was remember that oh, yes yeah i mean they'll they'll release the information they'll out someone uh -huh. and break their own rules and unmask them if you publish something that they don't like. It's the guy who, who posted the uh, altered Nancy Pelosi video, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Like, they, like, slowed it down slowly. Yes. Mm -hmm. They actually, like, released his personal details to the press, like, on demand. I mean, it is. Look, the, the double standard's clear. There's no doubt about that. How about, uh, did you guys see the, uh, the fake uh, Donald Trump <laughs> where he's talked about, you know, Epstein didn't kill himself? No. You didn't see that? No. no that was everywhere. Yeah, was deep Oops. fake things, yeah. I wonder if they, I wonder if they banned that guy, released that guy's name. Yeah, so I don't know. They could... Great question. Good point. That's a lot more convincing than the sl slightly slowed slow down, down Nancy Pelosi, who sounds just as horrible when she's at regular <laughs> speed. I don't know if anyone's noticed this. Um, on this specific case, yeah, it, was, it was more than just Hegspeth. It was also, I think Annie No, I believe, was also banned they, on Twitter for a while. He's getting banned like daily now. Yeah, I know. It, really does. <laughs> it was multiple people, but it was, uh, I, I think it was Tim Pool that was kind of pointing out. He was like, we told you they're going to come mm -hmm. after people for doing journalism. Mm -hmm. And the only thing they put on there was exactly what the terrorist said, why he did what he did. It wasn't like a big, long-out manifesto. It was like five lines mm -hmm. or something like that. And the only, thing it, 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 the only thing that it highlighted was that, yes, he was an Islamist terrorist, and he did this because he hated American right. Americans. Right. That Ben. They're coming for you. They're coming for all of us. Uh, yes, let's see. Tell the audience to tweet that tomorrow on radio. <laughs> <laughs> Friday's a million people just tweeting. <laughs> Friday's poll. They can't get us all. <laughs> Friday's poll was: Do you think Nancy Pelosi quote hates the president? As one reporter asked, or quote prays for him every day, like she claims. Ninety-seven percent of you said, "Yeah, she hates him." I, I love tell you. Three percent. Yeah, three percent. Tell you something. Everybody said I hated Obama, but you know this because you've prayed with me before during this time. 
I prayed for Obama. My family paid, prayed for Obama. We, before we would start our meetings in the morning, we prayed for Obama every time. And not like, hey, can you just, like, maybe take him home now? We <laughs> honestly prayed for him every day. The question should be, you think Nancy Pelosi prays? Right. <laughs> so it's like, I find that much more believable coming yeah. from you than Nancy Pelosi. Uh, today's poll, what is more destructive to society? Feminism or socialism? Glenn, what do you think, real quick? Uh, the roots of feminism, I think, come from socialism and communism, so socialism. 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 Same. All right, we all agree here at the table. Let us know what you think. What is more destructive to society, feminism or socialism? Go to The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Thanks, guys. It Thank was a you. fun one. We'll see you tomorrow. A lot of stuff. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.